Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Psalms 42. We'll look at verse verse number 5. Psalm 42, verse 5. And I'm actually going to read from New King James Version. So one of the good things about being in the church that's up on technology is, guess what? Before you found it, they had it up already on the screen. So if you don't have it, it's, it's right behind you. So Psalm 42, verse 5. Again, New King James Version. It says this. It says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Let me read that one more time for your neighbor's sake, okay? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. How about that? So, so today, like I said, I want to talk to you about dealing with difficult circumstances in life. Dealing with difficult circumstances in life. You know, I'm sure we all, if we, if we had our... If we, if we had our way about it, we would probably never write any difficulties in life, right? We'd never have any, any circumstances that would be challenging. Everything would go our way. Life would be great. We would never have to face any type of adversity in our life at all. But unfortunately, life doesn't work that way. Wish it did, but it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. Because it doesn't work that way, the question then becomes, what do we do when we face difficult times? Because we know difficult times are coming. So how do I respond to that? Well, you know, I was looking over in the Psalms, and I, I was reading um, over in Psalm 42, and I, I was kind of looking at a little bit of, of what was kind of going on, what was taking place here. We're going to look at that now. Um, and, and so I kind of just read through it right away without understanding all the history behind it. You kind of see someone who's having a difficult time. If we go back up to verse number one and we start reading, we'll see this. The writer, and most, most historic, biblical historic, historians, rather, they attribute this to David. As a matter of fact, they say this, is, this was most likely written by David when he was on the run from his son Absalom, who was threatening to kill him and who had actually tried to take over his throne. So he's running for his life at this point. Look at this. It says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. So look at the picture that he gives. We all know about this because this is one that I'm sure a lot of us quote we've heard it. You've been in church at any point in time, you've probably heard this scripture. But again, look at the imagery he's using here, just so we can kind of see the condition that he's in right now. Anybody ever been thirsty? Thirsty? And you were able to find something to drink? How'd that feel? Felt really good, didn't it? But what happened leading up to that point before you got to the water to quench your thirst? I'll tell you what, it was a difficult time, wasn't it? And so that's what he's talking about here, about his soul. And, and, and so he says, as he says, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, where is your God? And he says, when I remember these things, um, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise with the multitude and kept a pilgrim's feast. So you can see right now there's, there's, there's quite a bit of things that are going on. You know, the biggest thing when, when you think about it, historically, when you look at what, what's, what's happening with David, David is on the run. 
Now, this is a king, okay, on the run. So in order for him to be on the run, he had to have, and he's a king now, he had to have left something behind. He had a palace that he left behind. He had people that he left behind. And he had provisions. So he had a comfortable place where he was. Now he finds himself in a very uncomfortable place, in a very uncomfortable position. Everything that he knows and that's familiar to him has been taken away from him. Because now it just comes down to a means of just being, being able to survive. Now he's got in survival mode. And notice the position that he's in. He's not asking for, when, when can I get back to the palace? Look at what he's asking for. He's asking for being able to get to the point where he can get back in the presence of God. What is that saying to us? All these things that we have, you and I can't put our, our, we can't put our confidence in those things. Those things won't bring us comfort. They were never intended to bring us comfort. I mean, they, they're good, but we're not, we're not, for you and I, we should not put all our, our trust and our reliance on those things. So again, when David found himself in a difficult position, he was looking for God. He wasn't looking for stuff. Because his stuff wasn't going to help him when his son was chasing him and trying to kill him. But God would. So let's go to verse 5. So verse 5, we talked, we talk, um, we, we started out in verse number 5, and we looked at that. And so we see, we, we see this conversation that's taking place. And when you think about it, in the Psalms, most of the Psalms, we get to see a picture of, of someone's prayer life. And primarily, they're talk, it's a conversation that occurs between them and God. But when we look at verse 5, look at what's happening here. God's not in the conversation. He's talking to himself. He asks himself two questions. Two questions. Look at this. So he says he says very, very, um, very succinctly, too, he asks himself two questions. Because he realizes something is just not right. And ever been, anybody ever been like that where you just realize that inside something's not right? I mean, you can't really talk to anybody about it, but you just realize internally something is going on. And it's just not right. So we got to give him credit because he did realize something wasn't right. And he started asking himself a series of questions. And I would encourage you to ask yourself a series of questions when you find or you realize that something's not going right with me. But look what he said. He said, why are you cast down, O my soul? You know, when we think about being cast down, David was actually at a point when you look at this and you, look at, you actually go and look up that word there, uh, the Hebrew word, he was at a point of depression, literally. Think about it. Again, he's a king. He has a palace. He has people, everything he needs. He just, he just asks them. He just tells them what he wants, and they bring it to him. But now he is literally fleeing for his life. Now, if we read more about David, we'll see David was the one who was responsible for taking lives. But now, all of a sudden, now he is on the run. So, again, you have to look at where he is right now at this point in time in his life. So, again, he's dealing with a difficult circumstance, and he realizes within himself something's not right. Something's not going right inside. And all he does is start asking himself a series of questions. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Why is there a lot of turmoil going on on the inside? Why is there a lot of commotion, unrest, and uneasiness going on inside? And there are times in our lives where we can recognize that things aren't quite right within us, but we can't just ask the questions. It's good to ask questions, but you can't stop there. Because if you stop there, you'll never get to the point of the place that God wants you to get to. 
Because what I've found is a lot of times circumstances don't change right away. And so in order for us to walk through difficult circumstances, there has to be something that takes place in us. And the only way it begins to take place in us is we have to do these things. So really quickly, I just want to talk to you about three things that we can do when we're dealing with difficult circumstances in life. Three things. There is no, there, there is no, it's not a catch. It's right in front of you. You're looking right at it. In verse five. Well, actually five and six. So let's look at, let's look at the first thing. Let's go down to six, actually. So let's, let's look at six first. So he says this, verse six. He says, oh, oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Now, now, he, now again, the conversation started out with him talking to himself, right? Now he's talking to God. So see, that's the key right there. You can't keep talking to yourself. At some point, you've got to turn your attention toward him, and you have to communicate with God. You've got to talk to him about it. But he says this. He says, he says oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Condition, right? I'm not going to sit here and spend a whole lot of time. It is what it is. I'm going to tell God what it is. I'm going to put it out there, and then we're going to move from there, right? So he says, he says, oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mizar. And then he says this in verse 7, deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. And then he goes even further. He says, the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in his night his song shall be with me. Now, let me ask you this question I asked earlier on, too. When was the last time you remembered? You stopped and you just remembered. You start to think about who God really is. See, what, what David did was David began to do something that's really easy for us to make the connection with God. He started, he started looking around at things in nature. Unfortunately, some people look at nature and they begin to think that we are supposed to worship the things that are in nature. But we worship the God who made those things. And so when we think about trying to get our perspective changed and we want to remember, one of the easiest ways to get us back to the presence of God is to begin to look to look at the things of nature. Come on, the Bible tells us in Romans, it says that God's invisible attributes can be clearly seen by the things in nature. How many of us? We can walk right outside right now and begin to see the things that God's made. And it should put all of us in a sense of awe right away because we see that his hand did it. We understand that those things didn't just come to be just like that. So we got to remember, we got to remember the fact that not only did God make those, but we got to remember that God's in control because if he can make that, he can control my current situation right now. And so matter, no matter what I'm going through right now, he's still in control, but I just have to remember. Look at your neighbor and say, remember. You got to remember. You got to remember who's in control. You got to remember who's actually handling all of this. God's not going to allow anything to come into your life that's going to take you completely out. Trust me. God is for you. He's not against you. He said it in his word. And because of that, you and I have to take the time to just remember. He doesn't want us in a state of being all, you know, in commotion and in flux and just all over the place. And our mind is everywhere. And inside, we're looking crazy. He doesn't want us like that. But the only way we can get to that point is we got to remember. We got to remember, which is, which is vital for all of us. We got to make sure that, that we understand what God is saying to us so we know what to draw upon. Because if you don't know the word of God, there's nothing for you to pull upon when you, when you find yourself going through difficult circumstances. So it is vital and critical for us to understand the promises. I know, like I said, Pastor, Pastor Fern told me she talked about some promises last week that we can hope for. So you got to know that God is with you. He is with you. You know, I look around, I think about, you know, some of the, some of the verses in Scripture. You think about Philippians. The Bible talks about the God of peace will be with you. You know, if you do these things. There are things that he lines up in Philippians 4. And he said, do these things and the God of peace will be with you. 
Then he also talks about peace that passes all understanding. That's a promise that you and I can grab hold of. We can take hold of that and we can walk through that. So when we find ourselves going through difficult circumstances, we may not be on the run like David was. Maybe we're dealing with, um, um, Elder T mentioned it earlier, maybe we're dealing with a job loss or maybe there's something that's happened, loss of a loved one. Maybe there's been, there's been something that's happened, you know, in a relationship or something that didn't go the way we thought it would go. No matter what it is, we got to be able to, in those circumstances, know that we got to remember. We got to remember who's in control. Our focus needs to be on him. We cannot just sit there with all these questions being asked to ourselves and no answers. Because, see, when you start remembering, you're able to answer those questions. Because I don't know about you, the psalmist was dealing with not only questions that he was asking, but the Bible says that he said his tears have been his food day and night while they say, where is your God? Come on, because people know who you serve, right? So they're looking at you like, where is God? And see, oftentimes it's not for us to try to explain where God is. We just need to explain where we are right now in the situation. And so the way we do that and the way we're able to walk through that is, again, we have to remember. How good is your memory? Do you have memory loss as, as, a, as, a, as a child of God? <laughs> right, that's right. We can't afford to have short-term memory, memory loss. We need, to have, we need to have some things that we pull on right away. Come on, you need to have your faith. Just like we got our faith five friends we call, we need to have our faith five scriptures and all that. We need to have all that queued up so we can draw on those because those are the things that are going to help us when we face difficult circumstances. It's not all doom and gloom, so don't look like I'm trying to tell you it's coming if it hadn't come already. I'm just trying to help you when it comes, okay? So good, good, good. I just, I just want to make sure of that. I want to make that clear. So not only do we have to remember God, but guess what? The psalmist says in verse 5, he says this when he answers the question. He says, hope in God. Somebody say hope in God. We got a hope in God. Now, you know, it's interesting. When we talk about hope, hope is interesting when you think about it. Because really for us, you know, the word hope can really kind of be broken down in two ways. It depends on where you are. If you're a believer, it's completely different than it is in the world. You know, we talk about hope in the world. Hope deals with, the word hope, first of all, deals with expectation of a favorable outcome. But in the world, hope is kind of uncertain. It is. How do I know? Talk to anybody. How many people had the weather conversation? Well, I hope we get some rain today. But you don't know. Well, that's your expectation, but you still do not know. Some people talk to their friends. I hope I get the promotion, but you don't know. Again, we're talking about two different types of hope. But in God, it's completely different because there is no uncertainty about the, about the end result. It's a given. It's granted. God tells us, he, he tells us, he promises us, that one day you and I are going to live with him forever. So we're not hoping to go to heaven. We're going to heaven because he said it already. It's a certainty already. So when we deal with that, you got to understand the object of your hope really matters. If God is the object of your hope, then you can believe with a certainty that it's going to happen. Now, if you're placing your hope in other things like money, cars, job, what have you, people, then you really don't know what the expectation, what the end result is going to be. You hope it's going to be a certain way, but you don't know. But again, with God, we don't have to, we don't have to teeter along, along that. It's not a 50-50 shot. It's a guarantee that it's going to be that way. So again, the psalmist reminded himself, he said, don't hope in the situation. Don't hope in the fact that I can get away from Absalom. Hope in God. Hope in God. And then he goes even further because he says this. He says, he says, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Come on, I shall yet praise him. For I shall yet praise him. That's what he says. 
So again, I said, remember God, right? Also said, hope in God. How about praise God? Praise God. See, when we deal with, when we deal with praise, praise is a celebration. Because we already understand that, again, I told you, when we talk about hope, we know what the outcome is going to be. So when was the last time you gave God a real, sincere praise? Because you really believed it. Not because somebody said it's time for us to praise God, but because you really believed that God was in control, he was going to take care of it. And it wasn't like, you know, the standard church praise we're talking about where, you know, you just do the clapping of the hands or you say the right words because you're in church. No, I'm talking about the kind of praise that elicits something from you that you don't even feel comfortable showing us even here in church. How about that? That, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of praise that I'm talking about. And you got to understand something. The psalmist knew that at one point in time, and for him, praise was actually located, was um, situated at a, a specific location. It was, it was, he had to go to Jerusalem. So that was the only place in the Old Testament he could worship God. But for us, because of what Jesus has done for us, praise can take place anywhere. <laughs> praise can take place anywhere. Come on, somebody. You can close your door in your office and you can begin to praise God. You can be in your car and you can begin to praise God. You can walk through your house and you can praise God. I don't have to wait till next Sunday to get my praise in. I can get it in right now, whenever. You can be at the gym working out and you can praise God. And they think you're crazy, but you know what? God's getting the glory. How about that? So that's, that's what I'm talking about. When we talk about praise and we talk about giving God praise, if we're going through difficult circumstances, yeah, I'm giving God praise. My circumstance may have not changed. But in all of it, I understand who's in control. And again, Elder T talked about, you talked about happiness, you know, circumstances, how that's built on circumstances. But when we talk about, you know, praise, and we talk about really understanding what praise means to us, praise is what we give to God because we already, we believe that what he said is going to come to pass. Because he's in control of our lives. He's in complete control. So, again, we find ourselves dealing with difficult circumstances. we got to remember God. We have to remember God. You need a memory. Keep that memory fresh. And the way we keep that memory fresh is we got to stay in the Word of God. We have to. As we stay in the Word of God, we begin to keep our minds renewed. Because I don't know about you, meditation can happen one of two ways. You can meditate on something that's very negative, or you can meditate on the Word of God. The choice is yours. It's your option. We talk about meditating. Anybody ever meditate on the wrong thing? Yeah, where did that go? Completely downhill, right? Good. So, so, so we know that the best option for us is we got to meditate on the Word of God because then we get God's perspective in all of it. Again, the circumstance may not change right away. It may. Then again, it may not. But even if it doesn't, again, my trust and my hope is in God because I know he's in control of what I'm doing. Right now, I know he is. He won't allow... He won't allow we, we, you know, we try to say, you know, well, God won't put more than you, and you, than you can bear. That's not true. Yes, he will. He'll do that just so you'll go back to him and say, Lord, this is too much for me. Come on. And so when we begin to think about it, we begin to think about how God works and the things that he, that he does in our lives. He does all that because he loves us. So, again, he's not going to allow a situation to take you completely out. He's trying to help you. And a lot of us, he's trying to grow us to get us to a point. The Bible talks about in Corinthians that he's the God of our comfort. And, he's, and it says that he comforts us so that we can comfort others with the comfort that we receive. A lot of us wouldn't have the testimonies that we have had we not gone through some of the things that we've gone through. And then we can speak directly to someone who is going through. Not about what the word says. And that's good. We should. But we can take that word and our experience and put them together and show them. 
This is how I did it. And God is faithful. He's very faithful. So we got to know that God is with us. He's not going. He's not. He, he's never going to turn his back on us. Even when sick, don't try. Don't try to be like Job's friends. The Bible talks about Job's friends being with him for seven days. They didn't say a word. They sat with him because they saw how bad he was suffering. But on that seventh day, they started getting uncomfortable because they were like, "Wait a minute, now. You know, we know God, and because we know God, something has to be wrong with you." So don't try to interpret your circumstances. And say that, you know, this is how God works. Because we know the whole story. We were able to see the whole thing. And that wasn't true. God is using circumstances for his glory. So he can get the glory out of it. He uses it. Now, we're not rejoicing for bad things that happen. Of course not. But again, the Bible talks about in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. You know, I give God thanks because of what he's doing in my life. Because even though as bad as it is, God, I'm still here. Even though that didn't work out, God, you got something better. You know what you're doing. I trust you. You know, even though this didn't come to pass at this point in time, I trust you. I can tell you that professionally when things didn't happen for me, when I wanted a promotion or something, I can look back and be like, Lord, I thank you. You know, at the time it didn't feel good, but boy, I can tell you, I can look back and say, God, you know what? You knew exactly what you were doing. I'm glad you didn't answer that prayer. <laughs> How about that one? I'm glad you didn't answer that prayer. And as a result of him not doing that, I'm in a much better place now. So we have to understand that, you know, God has the answers. We don't. And he knows he's in complete control. So, again, all I want to do is just tell you today is just leave you with three things you can do when you're dealing with difficult circumstances in life. Number one, remember God. Number two, hope in God. And the last one is praise God. Praise God. Can we do that now? Can we give God praise? Can we be in even praise? And if you're going through something right now, can you just begin to give him a praise like you know everything is going to be all right? Like you know everything is going to be good? Like you know he's in control? Like you understand that because he's in control, everything is going to work out just fine? Come on, I can't see tomorrow. I can't see next week. I have no indication of anything else other than God's in control. That's all I know. That's all I know. That's all I know. Come on, give it to him. That's all I know. That is all I know, and I'm standing on that. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.